Welcome to another episode of the Heat Strokes Podcast. <laughs> oh, I should have yelled too. Hosted by Brady Cannon. Presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Get ready to experience golf as you've never seen and heard it before. The price is wrong. Through the lens of Brady's experienced eye as he braves the toughest courses in the West under the scorching Las Vegas heat. Your course reviews, expert PGA analysis, and top weekly golf betting strategies are teed up and ready to fire. Here's your starter, Brady Cannon. It is DeadHeatGolf.com, home to the Heat Strokes podcast, presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Welcome in, everybody, to episode number 15. I am Brady Cannon, along with our special guest host, Will Gray. You may remember him from the Golf Channel and NBC Sports Edge. He is now the lead editor for Golf Bet at the PGA Tour, and you can follow him on Twitter at Will Gray Golf Bet. Great to have you on the show today, Will. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Heat Strokes podcast. You know, uh, you and I have never played golf together personally, but we do share a golf experience here. We have both, of course, you graduated from the University of Florida, the School of Journalism. My son just graduated from UF last summer. We have both, of course, played Bostic Golf Course. And as you well know, in Gainesville, Florida, in the summertime, there are plenty of heat strokes moments, hot, sticky, sweaty rounds to be played at Bostic, aren't there? Oh, for sure. I would say, first off, Brady, thanks for having me. Great to be with you. Second of all, uh, for as long as we've run in, in circles, we need to fix the, the fact that we haven't played golf together very soon. Uh, yeah. We're due to have a round together. Uh, but you're right. Listen, Bostic is, is a great spot, you know, right there on the campus. Uh, at UF, I don't know if when your son was there, if they were still doing the semester membership, but that was always what I would do. Just get you know, get a card for the semester and go, and you can walk whenever and uh, you know try some twilight golf. And uh, I, I took out way too many cars, peeling slices off the tenth tee. I had my car kid <laughs> sitting behind the ninth green, so there's a lot of uh, you know danger lurks around every corner in Gainesville. But you're right when the humidity comes up, which is in Gainesville, it's about you know from March to November. It's only a small piece of the of the calendar uh it's gonna be right <laughs> in gainesville but i mean it's a cool course i, I would say you know I it's really cool back in the day uh before i think they did a renovation 20 or so years ago where before they had back-to-back par threes which is very rare to have i think 14 and 15 were were back-to-back par threes but uh yeah now now it's definitely a, a good track in the yeah. second half of the program today of course we will preview the scottish open taking place at the renaissance club in north berwick scotland it'll be the fifth year in a row that they have played the scottish open at this golf course but before we get into that we want to review a golf course today and our featured golf course is dragon ridge country club in las vegas nevada it's actually in henderson mcdonald highlands green valley area for many years, uh, when it first opened, Dragon Ridge Country Club was a public course, but it has since now gone private, and it has been that way for many years. It is one of the very best golf courses in the state of Nevada. Ha- on a number of occasions, has been ranked inside the top 10 golf courses in the state of Nevada. It is a Jay Morish and David Drzyski design 
uh, a tremendous amount of elevation change. It really seems like every hole here has like a massive panoramic view of the Las Vegas Valley and or the Strip. There are certainly some holes where there's some desert influence uh, hitting over some arroyos and some rock outcroppings, that type of thing, but also quite a few holes that's set up very traditionally. It's really a good mixture of styles. I think it's a very interesting golf course and a lot of fun to play. There are some very unique golf holes. There are atypical holes. There are very traditional, straightforward holes. It's always in excellent shape. I don't think it is brutally difficult, but it is by no means a pushover. It is a good, stern test of golf. Of course, Will, you have played Dragon Ridge in the past. Let me, so, let me know, you know some of your initial takeaways of your experience there at Dragon Ridge. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to play there a couple times uh, back in the day before they went private. And I will say that so this was actually, it's a little sentimental for me because this was the first course that I ever played in Las Vegas. I've had a, the opportunity to play a handful out in the desert. But for a Florida kid like me going out to the, to the desert Gulf, that was uh, about as far on the opposite end of the spectrum as you can get. I'm used to, you know, Bermuda greens and, and water everywhere. And now all of a sudden I've got rock outcroppings and bent grass greens where the ball actually goes where you're, it's supposed to go. So. Um, that was the initial intake for me of, of just going out. I went out with my dad when I was in college and we just had a, had a trip out there and, and wanted to find somewhere to play. And, and it was just a great spot to have a, an introduction to, to what desert golf and mountain golf, it's kind of that, that combination, as you said, where some of it, you've definitely got those outcroppings and you feel that elevation and other times you, you also feel more of the desert influence. And, and it's, it's a very playable layout, but, but one that will also challenge you as well. So. That's for, for me as a casual guy, uh, when, when playing golf, that's what I look for. I don't, I don't want something that's uh, necessarily going to beat my brain for, for 18 holes, uh, which you definitely have that. You got some tough courses out in Vegas, but this is one where you can go out, you can have a casual round with your friends, where if you want to keep score and grind for a couple bucks, you can. If you want to just have a good time and have a couple pops, you can do that as well. Well, it is a par 72 that stretches to nearly 7,000 yards. I feel the fairways here are of good width. They're, they're not too narrow. They're not too wide. I would call it more of a positional golf course off the tee. You've got to really find the right spot in the fairway to set up your second shot. Um, they, the greens are pretty darn big, and there's actually a few of them on the course that are so big, you know, they can really bring a three-putt into play. Um, this is really, you know, a full-fledged private club. It's come a long way. You talked about playing it very early in its inception, Will. Same here, you and I have kind of both seen this course grow up, but now you've got all the usual amenities and then some, you know, swimming pool, tennis courts, nice restaurant area, locker room, showers, a steam room, and then you've got a whirlpool and, you know, spa services like a massage, pickleball courts, fitness, yoga, Pilates. It's really the whole package of beautiful neighborhood as well that has grown really over the years now with some massive homes in the community. Um, like I say, you and I have kind of both seen the evolution of this golf course. Let's narrow it down just a little bit, Will, and let me know. I know you've played it on more than one occasion. Do you have a favorite hole or maybe a couple of holes from your experiences here at Dragon Ridge? Yeah, I'll give you a couple. I would say, uh, you know, you mentioned those big greens. And so one that comes to mind, there's, there's a pretty good collection of par threes, I feel like, at Dragon Ridge. But one that stuck out for me was five, where you're kind of going you know, down the hill and you got that huge two-tiered green. And that was the first one. I remember coming around the, the cart path there where you, you really get a, a sense of the scope of the landscape that you're in. And, it, you know, you've got shots where you can see the strip and 
off in the distance, but that was one where it definitely had a, a great mix of, of picturesque, but also challenging because you've got to calibrate the clubs accordingly. And that, that hole is going to switch by a full club, depending on where that pin is. And then I think another one, as you said, with it being a positional course, I think the 16, uh, you know, where you've got that dog leg left where it's bending around the, the wash, where again, again being a, a Florida guy, I'm not used to trying to figure out which part of the, the rocky outcropping you need to try and fire a driver over to to cut the corner on a short par four, but that was one that it was definitely cool. It's a different speed. It's a different style of golf. And that's as a tourist, I mean, you you certainly have the the local angle, but for me as someone who comes out and visits a couple of days every now and then, that's something that, that really adds a unique flair where you're just going to get a different taste and a different style of golf than maybe you're used to based on where you're coming from around the country. Yeah. I, as far as a par three, I thought you were going to go with number two. That is really just amazing. <laughs> right out of the gate, you get up on that yeah. tee box. You feel like you're standing on top of the world. You can just see the entire city. And then 16 almost made my list as well. Uh, you know, pretty straightforward shot off the tee. And then you got to turn that corner and take it over the little Arroyo or Barranco, whatever you want to call it. Very good golf hole. Um, but I went with number three, and the, the fairway, I, I wouldn't call it completely wide, but the more forgiving side is on the right, and that's where you really want to be with your tee ball. Now, there is a barranca at the end of the fairway before the green, but you know, right in the middle there, so you kind of have to negotiate how far you're going to hit this tee shot. From the tips, it's only about 375, so oftentimes you're hitting three wood off the tee here. And then you've got to flip a little wedge onto a green that runs from back to front and everything kind of slopes back down into that little canyon there between the fairway and the green. And, and then beyond the green, you've got views of the strip. So, I, I mean, if you hit a couple of good golf shots here, you're definitely going to have a look at birdie on number three. And then my other one was number nine, which is far more difficult. The, the whole hole kind of ascends uphill and especially the second shot. Uh, it, it is a dog leg from left to right, and you've got a fairway bunker there on the right-hand side. So you've either got to really bomb it over that bunker or cut it around the dog leg. And then the rest of the hole is just straight uphill. You can't even really see the putting surface uh, from where your second shot is, and you've usually got over 200 yards. A big green, it's not hard to hit the surface, but it's tough because you're going to have to hit a, a spot-on iron shot of over 200 yards. and you know, par here is a really, really good score. The, the hole is only about 400 yards from the tips, but everything, again, ascending uphill. So uh, three, a little bit easier. Nine, certainly very difficult, but that just kind of goes to show that the variety uh, of the holes that you have here at Dragon Ridge. Will, I, I know you said you've been here a couple times, and, and you've played a lot of golf in Las Vegas at a number of different courses. Do you have a favorite story or a moment that you recall from one of your visits to Dragon Ridge? Uh, well, like I said, this was the first course I ever played in Vegas. So so coming from Florida, one thing that absolutely snuck up on me is we went out, it was my dad and I in, in an afternoon round, and I could not believe how fast the sun set in the mountains. We were, it was out in December, so it was an early, early sunset. Oh, it absolutely yeah. snuck up on us where we're thinking like, all right, we'll go out for like one o'clock and, we'll, and all of a sudden it's like four and the sun starts to go down. And 15 minutes later, you are out of luck, my friend. You got maybe one hole in the dark. So we were definitely jamming the gas, trying to trying to get there to the, to the finish line. But but as you mentioned, on, on holes like number three, that's part of what I like about going out to a course. From a, a tourist perspective, I like the sort of venues where I, if I go back, depending on 
the tees I'm playing, depending on the weather, depending on the group that I'm with, it's going to be a different challenge than it was maybe the first time around. And so this is definitely one of those courses where if you've played it once, you can go back, you can play it again, and it's going to have, you know, different strengths and, and different challenges to your game, depending on the time of year, the, the type of wind, what, what conditions you're facing. Uh, so I know you said the word variety, and that definitely comes to mind for me of, of this is a course where it's going to be as hard as you want it to be, but it can also, you can ease off it if you want it to. And I think that that's uh, definitely a wonderful mix to have. Yeah, and really a nice characteristic when you're dealing with a private club. You know, if you want to, if, if you're playing this course every day or once a week or what have you, uh, and you can kind of switch up what golf course you're playing all the time, the level of difficulty, that's certainly a nice benefit in a private club. So, so my favorite story was kind of a Wild Kingdom moment here, one of these days out at Dragon Ridge. I, <laughs> I want to say I was playing by myself this particular day, just went out there in the summertime to get in around in the afternoon or whatever it was. And uh, on the fourth hole, I saw a desert tortoise. I, I'd never seen one in the wild before. Wasn't a big boy, uh, but a pretty good size one, maybe about the size of a basketball or so. And then I make my way over to the back nine. And on the 10th hole, if you recall, there's some crazy rock outcroppings on the 10th hole. And I'm driving by in the golf, court, uh, golf cart there and sticking its head out, peeking over one of these rocks. I don't know to this day if it was a Gila monster or a Chuck Walla lizard, but it was a, a big lizard, probably two feet long. Uh, and, and if you look up Chuck Walla, you'll see that they're very common to this area, as are Gila monsters. I'm not sure what it was, but I was just stunned by that. And then I get to the 16th hole and I see a coyote kind of running around and my ball's over in the rough and I see about a four foot long gopher snake. It, it was just a science lab, a biology course there out on the out on the golf course <laughs> that day. I can't really remember what my round went like, but you know, you see coyotes a lot. They're fairly common out here uh, in the summertime, especially. If you try hard enough, you can find a snake. But the tortoise and, and the big old lizard, whatever it was, those were really special moments. So uh, you never know what you might find uh, out here in the desert. Yeah, you filled out your Trivial Pursuit wedges there with uh, your, your science uh, options for sure. <laughs> well, Dragon Ridge is definitely a very high-end property and one of the top private clubs in the state of Nevada. I mentioned it has been voted top 10 in the state of Nevada on more than one occasion. And, you know, it was last week that we reviewed Rio Seco. And they're located in a similar part of town, Rio Seco and Dragon Ridge. So the topography is very similar between the two courses. Different layouts for sure, but the natural landscapes, the canyons, the scenery, the views, the, the elevation change, the excellent conditions, all very similar in these two courses and both Dragon Ridge and Rio Seco, uh, a couple of my favorites in all of town. Now, Dragon Ridge, I mentioned, of course, it is a private club. There are a number of different options you can buy into as far as membership. I would say anywhere from about $10,000 to $100,000 if you want to go all the way to like a corporate level, depending on what you're looking for. They do offer on a limited basis some non-member, unaccompanied guest play. Uh, that typically will run you anywhere from about $300 to $500 per player, depending on the time of the year. And we should also let you know that Dragon Ridge is undergoing a major renovation right now. We're talking replacement of greens, sand bunkers, additions to the practice facility. They shut down earlier this spring and they don't expect to reopen until December. So this ought to be one awesome product once again come 2024. 
You can find them online at dragonridge.com, or you can also find them on our website, deadheatgolf.com, as one of our featured courses. You can also give them a call at 702-614-4444 and tell them the folks from the Heat Strokes podcast sent you. We will take a quick break and be back with our picks for the Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club. But before we do, take a minute, folks, to check in with our sponsors, our fantastic sponsors, Las Vegas Advisor, the Scent Realty Group, footballcontest.com, and Play Studios. If you want to get involved with footballcontest.com, now is the time football contest signups going on in Las Vegas. As we speak, Mr. Will Gray, you might be a candidate. I know you like to play in Circus Survivor, <laughs> the Westgate Super Contest, all of that good stuff. Uh, go to footballcontest.com and use the promotional code HEAT to save $50 at checkout. We'll be back with more of the Heat Strokes podcast presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas in just a moment. When the Heat Strokes crew isn't burning up the hottest golf courses in the country, playing a game we'd all spend a lifetime trying to master, they're doing something just as smoking, but a whole lot easier. They're playing My Vegas Slots. It's a top-ranked, free-to-play mobile app that lets you earn valuable real-world rewards from some amazing partners like MGM Grand, Bellagio, and Norwegian Cruise Line. You can score rooms, great meals, show tickets, and more just for playing. Download My Vegas Slots today from your favorite app store. And if you're anything like Brady and Matt, we know you're going to love it. And that's something you can bet on. Have you ever wanted to play in one of the biggest football contests in Las Vegas and win a million dollars or more? At footballcontest.com, find out how to sign up and make your picks through Nevada's most experienced proxy service. You do the handicapping, we do the legwork. And our service is a convenience for both locals and non-residents alike. Over the past decade, Thousands have trusted footballcontest.com as their proxy service and have collected winnings of over $10 million. Whether you're a fan of five picks against the spread or survivor pools, footballcontest.com has all the information you need to get started. You pick the winners, we submit your picks. It's that easy at footballcontest.com. Attention all real estate buyers, sellers, and investors. Are you looking for a trustworthy and experienced team to help you navigate the Las Vegas, Southern Nevada market? Look no further than Bescent Realty Group, specializing in residential, commercial, and investment properties. With over nine years of experience in the industry, we have the knowledge and skills to help you find the perfect property or investment opportunity. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, we're committed to providing exceptional service and delivering results. Contact us today to take the first step towards achieving your real estate goals in Las Vegas and Southern Nevada. Call now, 702-339-8052 or go to BescentRealty.com. Want to gamble like the pros? At LasVegasAdvisor.com, you'll find the world's best how-to books, software, and strategy cards featuring blackjack, poker, video poker, tournament play, and of course, sports betting, including 2020 sports betting, Think Like a Pro, which contains an 85-page section on betting golf. And don't forget to check out LVA's famous member rewards coupon book, offering discounts on dining and entertainment, including a buy one, get one for the awesome lobster buffet at the Palms, and more than $400 in gambling free play, match play, and bonus offers. Up your gambling game today at LasVegasAdvisor.com. That's LasVegasAdvisor.com. Mandalay Bay comes alive as the fan district, the go-to destination for all of fan kind. 
gather here, stay here, eat here, and celebrate here. Fans get exclusive food and drink specials and one-of-a-kind experiences loaded with giveaways, photo ops, surprise appearances, and more. And the best part? It's all within walking distance of the stadium. Get the party started or keep the party going at the Fan District. Brady Cannon and Will Gray back with you here on the Heat Strokes podcast presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. And it is time to get to our picks for the Genesis Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club in North Berwick, Scotland. The penultimate event before we get to the final major of the year, the Open Championship taking place at Royal Liverpool. Uh, Will, the Renaissance Club, of course, is a Tom Doak design. This will be the fifth year in a row that they have held the Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club. It'll be the second year in a row, of course, that this is co-sanctioned by the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour. And this is probably the best field we've ever had in the history of the Scottish Open. Maybe uh, the, the entire history of the Open, if not certainly for the time it's been at the Renaissance Club. Only Brooks Kepka, Cameron Smith, and John Rahm absent here from the field when you consider the top 12 players in the world. Uh, the fairways, they're on the narrower side. The greens are huge and they are very slow, like most Lynx courses. Um, we've got some atypical stuff here where you kind of see this course get into some wooded areas and then some traditional link style seaside holes. Uh, the length of the course, it's pretty steep. It's uh, over 7,200 yards and just a par 70. Uh, and so often is the case when we go across the pond here, Will, it's really going to come down to the weather. We saw Xander Shoffley get held to a winning score last year of just seven under par. But if the wind doesn't blow, we've seen a winner get to better than 20 under par. Now, there is some pretty decent, I would say, standard seaside, you know, 15 mile an hour wind stuff in the forecast. Also some rain in the forecast this week. Maybe for the fourth week in a row, we will have another soft track here. We will see. We go from the, the birdie fests of the Midwest to the open tune-up, Mr. Gray. How did you handicap this one this week? I'm ready for a change of pace. As much as I enjoy a winner at 22 under, I'm really excited to see some links golf here both this week and next week at Royal Liverpool. You know, I think it's interesting to look at this course and this event, and there are a couple of variables in play. You mentioned those winning scores have high variance, but they've also played this previously at a par 71. Last year, it switched to a par 70. It's playing at a 70 again this year. So that's going to affect the scoring a little bit, but you mentioned the weather. That's that's so huge whenever we're talking about links golf and and playing in Scotland. And right now, as you look at the forecast, there's nothing that really stands out too much in terms of, of an, a draw bias. Last year, I believe there was over a two-shot difference in terms of the early late versus late early. So it really made a difference last year based on where your tee time was. I'm not sure that we're going to get that big of a dispersion this time around. And so I'm looking big picture, you're going to need ball strikers. You mentioned this is a, a long course for, for Lynx golf. Last year, everyone in the top five at the final leaderboard finished inside the top 16 in strokes gained tee to green. So yes, you need to learn and know how to putt these slower links greens, but at the same time, you have to be in position. So I'm starting with ball strikers and then I'm going from there. All right, very good. Yeah, I, I started with strokes gained approach, which I typically do week in and week out on tour. And then I also looked at strokes gained off the tee. I'm with you that I think you'll need some length and some efficiency off the tee. I looked at strokes gained around the green I think putting will be a little bit mitigated. We we often see that with the Open Championship and Lynx style golf, but I still think, you know, you're going to have to be very creative around the greens and being able to scramble and get up and down 
I looked at birdies or better gained. I looked at the par fours, strokes gained on the par fours from 450 to 500 yards. That's where the majority of the par fours, 10 of them on this par 70 will fall. And then I did look at strokes gained putting on slower greens. And then I also looked at three putt avoidance. Because these greens are so big, uh, there will be the tendency to three putt some of these putting surfaces. Uh, the comp courses, I think, are pretty interesting this week. You know, you've got Tom Doak with his hands on some renovated designs that we do see on a regular basis. Last year, the Canadian Open, St. George's Golf and Country Club, Tom Doak did a renovation of that course, also Memorial Park, where they play the Houston Open the last few years. And then I looked at Riviera, where they play the Genesis, uh, oddly enough, the Genesis Invitational. Uh, I looked at Los Angeles Country Club, where we just saw the United States Open last month. And, and then also PGA National, not too far from you, Will, where they play the Honda Classic. And we do see a lot of crossover between British Open winners and Honda Classic winners. And, and I think there are some similarities between the Renaissance Club and PGA National. Uh, but let's get to our guest picks. And for that, we bring in our friend, Paul Williams. He is a DP World Tour expert. He writes a DP World Tour column for Golf Betting Systems. You can follow him on Twitter, at Golf Betting. He is from across the pond and is really a expert student of the DP World Tour. I also want to mention what he's got going. He's got a project. Uh, you probably are familiar also with his colleague there at Golf Betting Systems, Steve Bamford. These guys, both of them, great golf handicappers. Uh, they have a predictor model at golfbettingsystems.com that I will regularly use. You go in there and you kind of set your criteria for what you think is going to be important this week at the golf course. You press the button and it spits out, you know, 25 guys uh, that fit the criteria that you have plugged in there. And both Paul and Steve Bamford at golfbettingsystems.com do a great job with that type of thing. Can be, really be a nice aid in your handicap every week. Um, but we stick with Paul Williams as our guest contributor this week. And for outright winners, he has six selections. He went to Ricky Fowler. Of course, Fowler getting the recent win at the Rocket Mortgage. It has won the Scottish Open before, not at this golf course. But Ricky Fowler at 16 to 1. Tyrrell Hatton at 22 to 1, Lucas Herbert at 70 to 1, Alex Noren, also a former Scottish Open winner. Uh, again, not at this golf course, but Alex Noren at 125 to 1, the Englishman Matt Wallace at 200 to 1, and another Englishman, Matthew Southgate, at 300 to 1. And then a couple of proposition bets. He's got Lucas Herbert to be the top Australian at better than 3 to 1, plus 330. And Justin Thomas, the American, struggling American, to miss the cut at plus 175. And then for a first-round leader bet, again, back to Matthew Southgate at 150 to 1. Now, when Paul sent me all his picks, he did not have any head-to-head matchups that he had landed on just yet. But he did say that I'm going to find something where I can go against Justin Thomas. So not only uh, taking Justin Thomas to miss the cut, but he's also looking for a matchup where he wants to fade JT. Uh, anything catch your eye there with Mr. Williams' picks, Will? Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, I'm with him. We're aligned on the JT read. Uh, I was up. I was covering the Rocket Mortgage a couple weeks ago. I uh, had a chance to watch Justin Thomas play a few holes, and and something's just not quite right. I mean, this is a guy that is a two-time major champion, former world number one, and it's very clearly 
the swing thought, if it's there's stuff going on off the course, but but he's in a he's you know I would look back to May at Quail Hollow at the Wells Fargo where all of a sudden you see 25s and 30s popping up, and you think wow you're getting some value on a on a big name, and now I want no part of Justin Thomas. I like Paul and looking for reasons to fade him. I, I'd like him this week to miss the cut, especially at, at that number of plus 175. So uh, it's it's an interesting time for a guy who who can turn it on real quick. But I think I need to see more out of him before I'm looking to buy uh, in on JT. But uh, another guy that I'm I'm with that, that is also on my card is Lucas Herbert, who has two top five finishes at this event. Uh, I think he he shot about a million at the Players Championship in March, <laughs> but then turned it around very quickly. And you know he was in the mix at the at the match play, and and he's one of those guys that can really find a spark very quickly. Seems to like this style of course. I will say I disagree with him a little bit on on Ricky. We can get into this. Uh, in a few minutes, but I think this is a chance to sell high on Ricky Fowler's stock. I'm not sure that that the prices are really matching up to where he needs to be. I, I don't put him on a par right now with the top four, five, six players in the field. So that number is a little bit short for me on Ricky Fowler, but I certainly understand where he's coming from. Again, I was up at Detroit. That was a great scene. I know it was it was weird with the, the time shift and the, the early tea times, but a wonderful scene in Detroit. Great for the fans to finally see him get it in the winner's circle. And as you said, this is a not a course, but an event that he has won before, and there's going to be some good vibes there. Yeah, that was a tremendous finish, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, uh, where Ricky Fowler earned his first win in nearly four and a half years on tour. I'm with you on JT. You know, we saw him kind of rebound at the Travelers Championship, but I wasn't buying. I said that that was a birdie fest. It was not a difficult test. He was still very sloppy off the tee. You know, he did well with his irons that week, but everything else was still kind of a mess. And and I think he's a long way from back to 100% is Justin Thomas. Now, you kind of teased us a little bit. Let's go ahead and dive into your picks, Will. What have you got? The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, I will say that I, I'm definitely with Paul on, on JT to miss the cut at plus 175. I'll lead off with uh, my winner uh, is on topping the short list is Victor Hovland. And, and I think, Brady, you mentioned this earlier about how sometimes the, the link style of courses mitigate the, the putting needs and even the uh, you know, the short game stuff. We all know that, that around the green is the Achilles heel for Victor Hovland. But we saw what he did not only at the Memorial last month, but at the Open Championship at St. Andrews last year. I, I think that this is a style of golf where his strengths shine brighter. And I think that it's a, a style that allows him to get around that weak spot a little bit more easily. You can get very creative around these greens. You can bump seven irons. You can putt from 20 yards away. You don't have to be hitting, you know, splashes over bunkers like you do at conventional PGA courses and so I think that this is an opportunity for Victor Hovland to maybe move up uh, above his his class and certainly 18 to 1 that's a, a price that caught my eye we mentioned Lucas Herbert uh, I got at 60 to 1 there when I saw him today I had, I was not able to see the 70 to 1 that Paul had but I still think that that he's a, a very interesting mid-range play uh, a little bit further down is Adrian Moronk I, I think that from the European side remember this is half the field is PJ Tour and half the field is DP World Tour in this co-sanctioned event Adrian Moronk is a very interesting player who doesn't have a ton of experience uh, that you can look to to this event, but he has won this year on the DP World Tour. And remember, that Ryder Cup is not very far away. He's on the outside looking in from the European Ryder Cup team, but I think this is an interesting fortnight where you can really kind of raise your hand and say to Luke Donald, hey, I need to be on that team. Maybe a guy like Adrian Moronk needs to win to get in and, and to really uh, put his stamp on it, but he has played well this year. Uh, on the DP World Tour uh, with three top five finishes, including a win in his last handful of starts. And, and then for a long shot, I, I like Thomas Dietrich. We know he played 
on the in the U.S. at, at College Illinois, he kind of straddles the fence between playing on the PGA Tour and playing on the European Tour. Uh, so he he's more of a, a feast or famine sort of player. I kind of put him akin to maybe someone like Cameron Champ on the on the U.S. side, where you look to have that win equity, even if you you don't have the consistency in starts that you or results that you would have um, from some other players. But I think Dietrich is certainly an interesting guy if you look for him, even for a top ten or or a top twenty play. And then in terms of the props, like I said, JT uh, plus one seventy five to miss the cut, and I think the best offer that no one knows or talks about is Alexander Bjork. Uh, there's only five guys in this field that have made the cut each of the last four years at the Renaissance Club. Alexander Bjork is in that mix. He has six top 10 finishes in his last seven starts on the DP World Tour, absolutely lighting it on fire. So I, I love him for a top 20 this week at plus 360. And I would also look to him in that top Swede market. You can look at maybe top Scandinavian. You have to include then the Hoygaard twins. You have to include Victor Hovland. But if you look at, at the top Swede market, you're really narrowing it down to basically Alex Noren and a and a couple of the guys that are more long shots. Alex Noren, again, is a former champion at this event. But I think Alexander Bjork is underpriced right now because he doesn't have the name recognition. But, man, if you look at his stats, if you look at his his spring and summer results on the DP World Tour, it is really, really solid. And I don't think that the, the level up in class that is going to be required this week with so many stars in the field and the PGA Tour folks coming into town, I don't think that's going to be too much for him. And, and so I think that he's definitely someone that I can see being in that mix or on the periphery of contending come Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I really like the picks, Will. I got to say, no surprise, you've done your homework once again. And, and you touched on it a little bit earlier, talking about uh, Paul Williams' selection of Ricky Fowler. I know you're going against him. You've got a full tournament head-to-head matchup where you're going to go against Ricky. Yeah, yeah. As I mentioned before, I like Victor Hovland this week, both to win. And also, I saw him at minus 110 in a – you know, basically a coin flip matchup with Ricky Fowler. I, I just don't think that Ricky Fowler deserves to be on the same level as Hovland right now on a course like this or in a track like this. So uh, I, I definitely like the opportunity to essentially get Hovland in a coin flip on Fowler. I, I think that, you know, Fowler is always a popular play from casual betters and sharps alike. But certainly in the last few weeks, as his game has started to turn around, that has been magnified. Now it's exponentially uh, going in that direction after the win in Detroit. Hovland was so good at the PGA Championship, kind of cooled off a little bit since the Memorial, didn't really do a ton at, at LACC. So all of a sudden he's a essentially a top four, top five player in the world, but he doesn't have, you know, the recent uh, finishes that Ricky Fowler does. So I think recency bias is very much in play with Fowler. And I really like, uh, you know, the long-term ball striking that we would get from Victor Hovland. Nothing against Ricky. He's not doing anything wrong. I, I just think that the, the markets are moving a little bit too quickly. Um, towards him after that recent win, his run of form. And so I, I think that if you're asking me head-to-head this week for a season, any event, I'm going to take Victor Hovland over Ricky right now. And so to have that opportunity this week, uh, I'll jump on that bandwagon for sure. I think it makes a great deal of sense. Yeah, there is recency bias with Ricky. He's a former Scottish Open champion. So maybe getting more attention in the market than maybe he deserves. And you're right, Victor Hovland, absolutely a you know, maybe a top five, six player in the world right now. The guy's really been on fire all summer long. Okay, uh, my plays, uh, I have outright plays that I have also played these same guys for a top 20 finish. So six outright players, again, that I've also played in the top 20 market. Tommy Fleetwood at 25 to one. He just finished fifth at the Los Angeles Country Club. And I mentioned that was one of my correlated courses. The guys like Victor Hovland has been really on fire this summer on the PGA Tours, had a number of near misses 
all the skill sets work out for Tommy Fleetwood and maybe going back to his home turf, if you will. Of course, we know he has never won on U.S. soil. Maybe he'll get a victory now back on the other side of the pond. I got him at 25 to 1. Uh, Shane Lowry uh, and, and Tommy Fleetwood, too. Not only Los Angeles Country Club, also has a very good record at Riviera and the Honda Classic, other correlated courses I used. And, and that reminded me when I mentioned Shane Lowry. This guy's been money at the Honda Classic, also finished 10th last year at St. George's in the Canadian Open, another Tom Doak uh, redesign. The putting has been awful this year for Shane Lowry, while at the same time, you could argue is one of the best links and wind players in the world. But we also talked about that. The putting can be mitigated on these links course type greens. So we'll see if Shane Lowry uh, can put together a good week here uh, at the Scottish Open. This will be his first time playing this golf course. But uh, I, I think when you bring links golf into play, uh, I don't care what's going on. 40 to 1 on Shane Lowry looks pretty good. And a similar selection here with Justin Rose. Again, good history at, at Riviera. Uh, finished fourth last year at St. George's. Great history at the Honda Classic. You've got the Ryder Cup factor. He got the win earlier this year at Pebble Beach. I think the timing is right for Justin Rose to maybe step up and have a really good week here. Uh, 52 to 1, a pretty healthy number on a guy that is really good from tee to green. He's got the short game. He's got the long iron play. He's got everything you need around this track. And then, you know, kind of similar to Shane Lowry once again, uh, another one of the finest wind players and Lynx players over the last 20 years is Adam Scott. And we know, you know, especially at the Open Championship and on Lynx golf, sometimes the elder statesmen get it done. And, and Adam Scott is no stranger to being in contention uh, on these Lynx golf courses. It was a 30-day stretch earlier this summer, early May to early June, where he finished top 10 in three out of four events on the PGA Tour, got him at 60 to one. He's won at Riviera twice. He's won the Honda before. And then I started getting into some triple digit bombs here. Gary Woodland at 115 to one. Hasn't been in fantastic form this year, but he did have a top 10 at Riviera. He's got four top 10s over, his course, uh, over the course of his career at the Honda Classic. He's absolutely one of the best uh, guys in the world off of the tee and with the long irons. And if, if the short game is just average, again, I don't think you have to be spot on with it here in a, a Lynx golf setting. So Gary Woodland, I thought, was worth a shot. And, and then finally to Lee Hodges at 300 to 1. Uh, looking at all the stats, the guy just came up pretty high in, in where I was ranking everybody. And I thought 300 was a, a little too cheap on this guy who's very efficient off the tee. The last 36 rounds, he is number two in this field for strokes gain putting on slow greens. He's got a ninth and a 14th at the Honda. He's got a top 20 at Riviera. Like I say, a long shot for sure, but probably a good shot, in my opinion, to finish top 20. And then two full tournament head-to-head -head matchups. I went back to Shane Lowry at even money over Jordan Spieth. I've actually seen Lowry flip to the favorite in that matchup. I'm still okay with it. I think this is a good spot for Shane Lowry. And, and there we go. Like Paul Williams said, finding a spot to finish Justin Thomas or to fade Justin Thomas rather. So I've, I've joined the party with you and Paul, Will. Justin Rose at minus 120 over Justin Thomas. I like it. I like it. Listen, that's a, that's a fun card for sure. You want to have variety in your selections. Uh, anytime we can get the Gary Woodland 12-foot stinger off the tee, in Lynx golf, that's usually <laughs> going to play. So he's one that 
that definitely has my eye. And listen, you're talking me into this PJ National comparison. I wouldn't, you know, I grew up maybe a half an hour from that course. I wouldn't have thought that it has a lot to do with, with North Berwick, Scotland. But you're right. I mean, Adam Scott is a former champion there and, and a guy that has a really strong links acumen. You think back to Royal Lytham in 2012, he had more than one hand on, on the uh, Claret Jug and kind of let it slip away. So 60 to 1 on the Aussie. When you get a veteran like that, I think that's a good number. All right, very good. And that brings us to our Pizza Money Play of the Week, brought to you by Dom DeMarco's Pizzeria and Bar in the Summerlin area in Las Vegas, Nevada. We And by the way, we won our Pizza Money Play last week. We went over uh, the posted finishing score for 72 holes. And uh, thank you to Sepp Straka, double bogeying the last hole in his victory. We cashed that ticket for our pizza money play of the week last week. This week, we're going the other way. We're going under 266 and a half for your 72 hole winning score. And what that means is your winner of the Scottish Open is going to have to get to 14 under par or better. Now, the average score here in the last four years has been 14 and a half under par, but we've never had a field this strong. Now, now I talked about the wind. It looks pretty typical in the neighborhood of 15 miles an hour, but we're expected to get some more moisture. Looks like possibly for the fourth week in a row on tour, we will have possibly another soft golf course. And if you've got players of this caliber and a soft golf course, they're going to be able to score. So I, I went under, Will. 266 and a half. I think they can get to 14 under or better. Yeah, going back to the deer for a minute, I bet you didn't think you would have to dodge a 58 there from Step Straka to get your, oh your pizza gosh. money play over the finish line <laughs> last week. Uh, like I said, this is one where you have to be careful if you're looking at your handicap in previous Scottish Opens because it did for a couple of years play as a par 71. Now it's playing as a par 70. So just make sure you're looking at the right numbers. But but as you mentioned, that's right about where it seems like it's going to be. There's not a huge weather factor in play right now. It is Scotland, so the, the forecast could change in a, a moment's notice. But if you look back to two years ago, Minwoo Lee, even though he was at 18 under, that was a 266 score that this week would play to 14 under and would certainly catch that bet. So uh, I think if the weather remains as calm as it seems like it's going to be, you're on, probably on the right side of it. That is going to do it for this week's edition of the Heat Strokes podcast presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. If you missed some of the picks, any of the information, you can go back and find it wherever you get your podcasts or also on our website at deadheatgolf.com. You can also check out a little bit later this evening on YouTube. The video edition will be up at my Heat Strokes podcast YouTube channel. Again, Heat Strokes podcast on YouTube. Find that video version. Want to thank our crew, Tom Catlin on the video, Jeremiah Crow from Green Roll Media on the audio, and Trifco on the creative design. I also want to thank our guest host, the lead editor at Golf Bet at the PGA Tour. That is Will Gray. You can follow him on Twitter at Will Gray Golf Bet. And also a very special thanks to our guest contributor, Paul Williams from Golf Betting Systems. Follow him on Twitter at golf betting great twitter handle right there we will be back at this same time next week to review another golf course and also preview the british open glory's last shot the final major of the season they will uh play the british open this year at royal liverpool they were there last in 2014 when rory mcelroy was your champion 
Uh, everybody listening out there, everybody viewing out there, I encourage you strongly to get a piece of Dragon Ridge, whether you're buying a membership or coming out for a weekend and trying to get on and as an unaccompanied guest, it is a fantastic property. As I mentioned, one of my favorites in all of Las Vegas. Enjoy the Scottish Open, everybody. Let's cash some tickets. And Will, before we get out of here, please remind everyone to stay hot. You've been dialed into the Heat Strokes Podcast with Brady Cannon, presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, and produced in conjunction with Green Roll Media, the world's premier sports betting podcast network. Subscribing to the show on YouTube is easy. Just search Heat Strokes Podcast. Follow us on social media at Las Vegas Golfer and at Heat Strokes Pod. If you like what you heard, please follow, like, and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify today. Good luck out there sinking birdies at Cash and Tickets. Cash and Tickets. We'll see you next week.